Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. I'm really excited today because this is a Trinity episode. The man you're about to meet is business partners with two previous guests that I've had on the show. What I'm really trying to say is brace yourself for what you're about to experience. Today's guest used to live his life as a bartender. However, through a radical shift in mindset and a total leap of faith, he changed course and propelled himself into the world of real estate and education. His courage is just one of the amazing characteristics that define this man. Let's hear it for Zach Beach. Zach, welcome to the show. Oh, Ace, that is terrific. I am I am forever going to be grateful for that introduction. And I think if I could pay you to walk around and say that introduction to me like every day, that'd be absolutely terrific. So thanks for having me on. That's good to have you. Yo hablo español también. Sabado, sabado, sabado. For those who are fans of Sabado Gigante. I get no money for saying that, by the way. But for those listening, Zach is a three-time not once, not twice, but three-time best-selling author and CEO of Wicked Smart. I gotta use the <laughs> I gotta use my Northeast accent when I say it. I can't say Wicked Smart. CEO of Wicked Smart, which is a real estate company focusing on helping people reach their real estate goals. You can find more information on Zach at smartrealestatecoach.com. He's on LinkedIn under Zachary Beach. And by the way, Zachary is with an H and an A, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y. And you can find him on TikTok and Instagram under the same handle at Zachary Beach Official. And Beach is just spelt like it is. We all want to be there. All right, Zach. Ace, appreciate you, my man. I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Oh, I am too, man. On the I had mentioned the Trinity. I like calling it also the trifecta. I've asked both. Chris and Nick Prefontaine, this very insightful question that digs into the depths of your soul. So I'm very interested to hear your answer to this question. Are you ready for it? I'm getting prepared. I got to stand up. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Today's a good day. Sun is shining and uh, we've had rain for the past like six days here in Massachusetts. So it's, it's, it's a good day. Well, it is a good day. You look well standing up for those of you watching on YouTube. And shoot, we are going to just dive right into it. So I'd mentioned in the intro that you used to be a bartender and had a radical shift, not just in your mindset, but in your life. And you got out of bartending and went into real estate. And now you are a family man, wife, two kids, very passionate about your family and your business. Can you just walk us through the transition I like to call it your origin story from being a bartender to the person you are today. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. And actually, if I take a step back even further, see, I grew up with a, a single mother. I like to always say I was, uh, I grew up a poor kid in a rich town. So I was had a chip on my shoulder. And that's kind of what has driven me here, you know, constantly here today. I feel like I've always got something to prove is the only reason why I went to college is because my teachers told me I couldn't go to college. Um, but hey, I didn't blame them. I was not somebody that you were expecting to do anything of any substance. I mean, I was always in trouble. Heck, I went through my own uh, addiction with drugs as a lot of my friends did the exact same thing. Unfortunately, some of them are not here to, to actually have that conversation. But 
I was able to kind of make that transformation because I eventually found personal development. Um, I remember I was, and I explained this in our Amazon bestselling book, which I'll make sure everybody gets a, a, a copy of this as well for listening here today. But I talked about how I went through my final panic attack at my mother's house uh, the day after um, uh, Thanksgiving. And I went through that panic attack. And really at that point in time, I realized that I, I had a challenge I had to face. And at that point in time is when I checked myself into outpatient therapy as far as for drugs. And then from there, I went on a path of personal development. I started to Really, I knew I had to go through two different things. I had to, first and foremost, work on my mindset. And then secondly, I had to work on my physical body. Because when you get to a point where you're having panic attacks and you're, you're not in a, a good head-level position, especially going through addiction, your confidence is at an all-time low. So I, I went back to what I knew best, which was I grew up playing sports. I was a captain of the football team. And I knew how to work on my body. So I just started going back to the gym slowly, but surely going back to the gym and when I went to the gym, instead of listening to music, I realized, hey, I need to have somebody speak confidence into me. What I did is I just started listening to YouTube videos of like motivational spe uh, speeches from, and we were talking offline, you're a big fan of Tony Robbins, so Tony Robbins, Les Brown, I'm a big fan of uh, Les Brown, but I ended up finding Bob Proctor, who seemed like a, a grandfather that I never had. Uh, so I listened to a lot of his stuff as well, and that's really where my personal development journey began because... While I had a lot of self-doubt, they were pouring into me uh, through the YouTube videos. And then as I started to get my body back physically, then mentally, I was in a really good space. Um, and then that has been kind of my foundation of now consistently reaching higher in life and looking for new ways in order to develop myself. Because I know if I develop myself, then the rest of the things can come. So of course, when I left, fast forward a little bit, when I left college, because I eventually made it out of there, when I left college, I would do anything, you know, I did, I did what anybody would do with a college education and a background in addiction is I became a bartender. Uh, so I <laughs> started bartending um, because, you know, I was looking for an, a new way in life. I moved from central Massachusetts down to Rhode Island. I went um, kind of following my, my eventual wife at the time. And uh, her family moved down, which you spoke to my father-in-law, Chris, and my business partner. Uh, they moved to Rhode Island. So I was looking for a new way of life. And it was a big tourist town. So the easiest way to make ca quick cash was to uh, become a bartender. So I did that for a period of time. And quick, eventually quick question. Yeah, go quick, ahead. Quick question. Sorry to interrupt. You said that obviously you uh, had drug issues and things of that nature. And you went into bar naturally went into bartending. Were you sober at that time? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, good question. Uh, so um, throughout the process, so my addiction was to painkillers. Um, okay. I introduced to them when I was a little kid. I was a bar, t I mean, I was uh, playing football and I tore my ACL, which is a main ligament in your knee. I tore my ACL when I was in fourth grade. And then I, so that I played football through the next, uh, you know, the next like 10 years of my life without an ACL. So it would became at that point in life too, every that that was pills were readily available. It was like normal for somebody to consistently be taking them. So that's where things just continuously compiled. And then eventually my father passed away. And then that's when like I went through a pretty downward spiral for about 12 months. Um, so by the time I was bartending, yeah, I wasn't I, I didn't use pain pills or anything like that in like, you know, eight years at that point. Or four Did years. Did you notice 
Yeah. So being around people that are going to the bar, I don't know if you had day shifts where you see the day drinkers or just the partiers at night, things like that. Did you see kind of like a, uh, a different perspective? Cause I know yeah, you had mentioned painkillers, but not alcohol, but addictions are addictions. Sure. So did you gain any insight being kind of on the other side of the addiction, the other side of the bar and working, you know, essentially serving people that are, you know, drinking, having a good time, but obviously yeah. some people take it in different ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I could have a drink and not be in a, in a crazy bad position anymore, but I had to go through a long spout of getting, make sure my mind was right and in, in, in a good space. But yeah, when you are a bartender, whether you're a bartender, you drink or you're a bartender and sober, you always see the other side of it because like everybody else is getting to a completely different level than you are at any point in time. Um, and also it's a very tourist driven area. So everyone was there on vacation. So they're all taking it to the next level consistently anyways. Um, but we were able to profit from it. I'll be completely transparent. I'm a big fan of capitalism. So I was able to profit from it and really set myself up to be able to eventually make my way into real estate investing. And, and honestly, it taught me a lot. Uh, the reason why I actually left the world of bartending is because typically you got you to make a decision. There's one or two things you can do. Number one is you can go deeper into the restaurant and or club space and get into management. And eventually the only people that really make a lot of money in that space are eventually the owners. So you get it, so you start going down that route if you want to make wealth in there. Um, and I knew I didn't want to do that because I didn't I didn't want to spend my nights, you know, working. I just wasn't a big I was a big fan of that, especially after, you know, when I started to get to my mid twenties. So then the the second piece was to that was like, okay, I don't want to do that. Uh so then I just keep working hard. I'm always the one that's I I'm I'm driven by say achievement, uh by you know, that that's high on my, my ranking. Uh, so I tried to get as high up in the bartending space as possible. And I got to a certain place where it was a family driven business that I knew I couldn't get any higher there either. So that also was a factor of the timing on when I decided to make a move. Um, so it was, yeah, it was the, the bar life, but eventually it was also there. I reached my ceiling at that place and I needed to make it, I needed to make a, a jump in order to accomplish more in my life period. Well, it sounds like you were looking into the future, into what you want for your future self, your future life, and then bringing it back to the present. And is this the vehicle that's going to take me to to where I want to go? Um, you know, yeah, most hey, people... so let, me, let me let me dive in for by the time I was like in my mid twenties, uh, so like twenty three, and I eventually left at twenty four. I worked part time for four years. I was listening to like Jim Rohn in my headset while I was setting up my bar. Like there was there was always an innate thing inside of me that this was like a, you know, th this was, this was a passing through. Um, what I needed during the time between 21 and say 25 was I needed to figure out the direction in life that I wanted to go in. Because again, as I said, I almost blindly went into college because I had something to prove and I needed to get out of the space I was in. It wasn't because I wanted to go really get a marketing degree or a minor in finance. Uh, I thought that eventually that may be, you know, useful. Um, but I was just, so at that point in time, bartending just allowed me to kind of reset and, um, and really start thinking about what the future hold to me. And then that's when I kind of stumbled into, I'll say stumbled into real estate investing, um, and then started working with my family at that time. Gotcha. Gotcha. You had mentioned someone else, Bob Proctor. Yeah. Big fan. Honestly, I can say that I know very little of him as I've 
worked on this podcast. However, people that are very big into mindset, nine out of 10 of them are going to mention Bob Proctor. And it's somebody that I need to familiarize myself with. I am uh, volunteering that I am ignorant on what he does other than he is a very big mindset guy. I've read Think and Grow Rich, and I know he is a disciple of Napoleon Hill. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit of Bob's influence on you and how that has helped you along your journey? Sure. Yeah, unfortunately, I think he passed away two years ago now. Uh, Sandra Gallagher, who was a student of his, ended up taking over. They ended up creating a business called Proctor Gallagher probably like six years ago. Could have been longer. Uh, so she's now officially taking over all of his stuff. Um, the reason why you know I was attracted to Bob Proctor out of the others was because he had a similar story to me, right? I think we all we all are attracted to people of, of similar scenarios. And um, so Bob Proctor, based upon everything I've learned about him, he was you know somebody that they didn't expect to do well in life. Uh, he was always in trouble. Uh, he ended up eventually becoming a firefighter for like, I don't know, like a year or two. Um, and didn't really do well at that either. Uh, grew up on the wrong side of the tracks in Toronto. So it's just, uh, that related a lot. So then when his message came through, and the reality is all of the messages, uh, and I spent a lot of time with Dr. Joe Vitale, you know, Tony Robbins, like they all have very similar messages. It's just, they have different stories on how they describe it. So people relate to them differently. And they come at it from a different angle. Uh, so within Bob Proctor, I've read uh, his book, You Were Born Rich, which was really good. Uh, I've read all of his books, but that was a, one that I started with. And actually, I found my first uh, development, like mindset development coach, which was like a certified coach of Proctor and Gallagher. Um, when I joined a uh, like a business networking group, and that's probably an influence for me as well. Her Actually, her name was Patricia. She's the one that first started me walking through all of this mindset stuff and showed me that there's actually a roadmap to, you know, self-discovery and then self-development versus when I was just going about things, I was just picking up books and listening to audios or YouTube videos in order to get motivation. But what I really needed was more of like aspiration. I needed to be able to aspire into something new. Um, But it all started with the motivation. And then she guided me through. And then I think that's why I latched on Bob Proctor. So it just some of this stuff has happened to like it just happened to be him because I happened to be close with somebody that was teaching his stuff. And then eventually started going to his events um, and then dove further into what he was teaching. Did you find that what time frame age wise was this about for you? Yeah, I was uh, when I started doing this, I was probably like 21 or 22. Oh, yeah. You had mentioned when you were putting the bar together, listening to Jim Rohn. Yeah, I don't think Jim Rohn too. He cracks me up too. Uh, I listened to like his CDs. Uh, I was also handed um, the Science of Getting Rich as well, uh, which was from Wallace D. Waddle, which was also from um, you know Bob Proctor. Also spoke about him quite often as well in the Little Green Book. Um, so it just happened to be that you know I went down that path versus the Tony Robbins path. No, I agree, and. I- I do a lot of self-help. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. More recently, I've become uh, a big st- student and fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm big on the nervous system, things like that. And I like how you said 
similar messages, different stories. What I always tell people when I'm mentoring or coaching them is your path is going to be your path. The self-help people, the people that are successful, Tony Robbins says success leaves clues, but it's who do you resonate? Who, I think it's really important to find the coach, the mentor, the, the style that really lines up with your values and speaks to you. Like you said, 100%. Bob Proctor spoke to you. He's not saying anything different than when Napoleon Hill says, or Tony Robbins, but the message is always delivered in a different way. And you, when you find that message that really resonates with you, that's when dramatic shifts can be made. And so I think it's important for the listeners to know that, yeah, you don't have to listen to me and follow Tony Robbins. You don't have to follow Tim Ferriss or any of these people. Like, Find who speaks to you who you can relate to and resonate with and your progress is, is it's going to shoot through the roof. So, um, Hey, so I'm glad you brought that up because the, I mean, the truth is when, when I talked to people or when I was, I was really in the, I don't, I don't coach real estate investors anymore, but of course we have a, a team of amazing coaches, but I always tell people, especially when we're having podcasts, stuff like this as well as, you know, I didn't make any stuff. I didn't make anything up. Like I, I wasn't the creator of any of these, the stuff that we teach, bring success to with students, talk about, I'm just a conduit of the things in which I've learned. And then I add on my perspective or my experience. And that's where you get my story, or that's where you get my perspective on a podcast. It's just a filter in which I've taken everything through. So the audience, same thing. I mean, it's that's why it's like, you see successful people, they're just doing the same repetitive, successful things that other people did prior to them. Uh, and now they're just adding it on to what they're already currently doing or, you know, attaching it to their current dreams. Yeah. Being a engineer by trade, I like to overcomplicate things. Yes. And I know engineer brains. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially in real estate, right? It seems like, uh, engineers love numbers and real estate and, and all that, because it brings us certainty when we know like in this economy, interest rates, all that, uh, it is, uh, anything but certainty. And what I wanted to say was don't overcomplicate things. Like you said, there's people that have done this. Don't reinvent the wheel. Repeat what other people are repeating. Get out of your own mind. Get out of your own head. Take action. And I love what a lot of coaches say is that it doesn't matter the vehicle. It doesn't matter what your goals are. But whatever you choose to do, whatever vehicle you decide to take, it's a coach's responsibility to remove obstacles that are in front of you. And you talked about it. It's mindset. It's disempowering beliefs, limiting beliefs, um, rules of how we should live by or how the world should work that we don't even most of the time consciously know. And I love the little bit I know about Bob Proctor. He talks a lot about the subconscious and rewiring your subconscious mind because that's 95% of our operating system is our subconscious. And what were some of the things that you had to do, change, overcome to get past some of your limiting beliefs or or things that you viewed the world as being in your own reality when in truth, um, it, it was just your perception of things you experienced while growing up. Yeah, I'm still working on that. Um, 
constantly. Um, I was having a conversation with my wife. I went through some bit of challenging things when it comes to business and and for the, you know, the billionaire, the the person that has a massive business, they'd be like, these are small challenges. But of course, as a as a newly uh, you know, new CEO and uh, a business owner of just a couple, you know, a handful of businesses, you know, some of the challenges, you know, throw you off. Um, and I, I gave myself permission, as I told my wife, to have a pity party for a little bit, right? And then it, eventually it turned, and then last night I said to her, all right, the pity party's over now, right? It's all, now it's about taking action. It's like, what are we going to do now? Um, and those are some things, and that's a prime example of I'm still working on rewire myself because when I look at how I was raised, I was always raised with a scarcity mindset. There was never enough money at the end of the week. I was raised by a single mom. Uh, my dad always told me that, you know, money's not everything. And, and, and I get that that's, you know, a portion of life. But if you talk to anybody that has a ton of money, they would always tell you they'd rather go through problems with money than without money. Um, so it's, it's all rewiring. I, I, I'm literally trying to figure out how to reach the next levels consistently. And like you said, the subconscious is what drives everything. It's what eventually drives your, your behaviors or your attitude, um, which eventually helps you make your decisions. And your decisions are what eventually you know, get you to your end goal. It's the constant uh, decision-making process, but it all starts subconsciously. So breaking it down to, you know, somebody that wants to achieve great things and, and have big businesses and, and make a lot of money, the number one thing I have to consistently work on and first principles thinking is how do I eliminate a scarcity mindset? Because uh, it was interesting what you were talking about with certainty. Certainty in an entrepreneur are like the complete opposites. It's, it's where, but making calculated risks is, is what's most important. Um, but understanding for me, um, it's always, all right, what is the calculated risk and can I get rid of the scarcity mindset? Because the reality is, especially in any business, there's going to be ebbs and flows and knowing how to handle the lows and then be able to manage the highs because you're never, you're never low and you're really never high. If you can stay in that consistent uh, neutral site that I can make the best decision. So constantly getting back to that first, first principle of thinking for me, it's always how do I get rid of a scarcity mindset. And I'll tell you, that's still something that creeps back into my subconscious, especially when things are challenging. Um, and I'm, I'm always working on that. Well, I was uh, digging through your LinkedIn profile. And for those listening, check out his LinkedIn. You've got a few articles that you wrote on there. And one of the equations for one of your articles, you wrote events plus reactions equals your destiny. And the thing that I love about your writing is you break things down and you make it very simple. And so the events plus reactions, when life comes, hits you, and I'm, I'm just going to regurgitate the four things you said. You analyze the event from an unbiased position. You look for the positive in each event. You build from the positive in each event, and then you ultimately learn from the negative in each event. So applying something like this to a scarcity mindset, is this one of the tools that you use when you face certain situations that bring that old wiring, that old scarcity mindset 
Yeah, Asa, I'm glad that you actually said that. It was this good timing. Good timing for you to, um, not necessarily for this conversation, but good timing for me to reevaluate some of the things that, you know, some of the tools that I have consistently. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think that's that's what the whole, uh, I feel like that's that's kind of what everything is in life in general is we have a bunch of these micro events and it's the, the decisions or the reactions uh, being either proactive or reactive from the things that happen make the biggest differences. Um, because if you listen to anybody that's had a lot of success, they always say that the only reason why the people that have a lot of success view failures as lessons learned is because they didn't stop, right? It's not a failure unless you stop. It's a lesson learned if you keep moving on. It's like, all right, well, here's a here's the challenge that I faced. Here's the result I got. Now, how do I make a different result by making a different decision or or putting a different uh, different action together? And I I think what it comes down to is I have always uh, or growing up, I had a lot more failures in life, and that's because I treated those events as an end result versus a learning uh, a learning opportunity. I think as I got older, I started to realize more and more that, you know, all you have to do is really, all you have to do, let's look at baseball. If you hit three pitches out of every 10, which in uh, in most people's lives, they would consider that a failure, right? It's 30%. But in baseball, you go in the Hall of Fame. So if we can even just make like one, you know, home run in, uh, in, um, in business, that's what makes billionaires. Or that's what makes, you know, Nine-figure millionaires. It's the one home run. If you actually look at, and I was reading or listening to a, a video from her, her name's Cody Sanchez. She teaches people how to buy businesses. Uh, and she talked about that billionaires aren't billionaires because they went ahead and they bought 100 doors in real estate. Um, they're billionaires because they eventually grew and owned a piece of a company that was worth a lot of money. Uh, and a great place to start for most people is investing in real estate because it teaches you a lot about business. Um, and really, real estate investing, all it is is it's a people business. You just happen to operate with real estate, an asset. And you also have the asset as a, especially being an engineer, that's why we have a lot of engineers in our space, because you have some certainty because a physical asset always is going to hold value. Even if you look at 2008, a lot of businesses went out of business, but the assets only went down to like a third, right, of it. And if you waited out, eventually it was worth a lot more money uh, long-term in the cycle. So it's if uh, it's a good place to start consistently, but eventually, in my opinion, it's you got to get into the business owner uh, space and then eventually passive owner, uh, passive investor as well, if you've read any of the cash flow quadrants with Robert Kiyosaki. It's, it's how do we get there? So um, that that's that's always my mindset when it comes to this stuff. No, I agree. You had mentioned something about the picture behind me of my buddy Joshua and I climbing our four, first 14er last year in Colorado. And there is a, uh, a Dirks Bentley song. So I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, by the way. I did not grow up as a country music fan, but proximity is power, right? So Dirk Bentley has a song, um, I forget what it's called, but essentially he talks about climbing a mountain and then when you hit the summit of the mountain, you look up and then there's another mountain and you got to climb that next mountain and that next mountain. And I love 
you talking about uh, the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, one of his best books. I would say second to thinking or uh, rich dad, poor dad. There is an evolution in business. There is an evolution as a person. I, you could, we could talk business all day long, but when it comes to relationships, when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to our health and our fitness and emotional intelligence and all of that, like you said earlier, it's a constant improvement. We're always, we're either growing or dying. The universe is continuously expanding. If we're standing still, we're actually regressing. We got to keep growing. We got to keep evolving. We got to keep getting better. And the great thing is no matter where we want to go to in life, there's already someone that's been there. We mentioned this, don't reinvent the wheel, find the right mentor. And you mentioned this in another one of your articles about, um, I believe it was something about doing CrossFit and the lessons learned, having constant mentoring, constant coaching, focusing on a handful of skills, being consistent, finishing strong. My old mentor used to always tell me that he'd always say finish strong. And I, I love that. Um, but I appreciate you sharing that because no matter where you start, it doesn't matter if you're a single mom at home raising a kid or you're a W2 employee or you're a solo entrepreneur or you're a business owner. Like there's all these progressions and there's a roadmap that can get you there. It doesn't matter the vehicle, but if you're following basic principles, success, once again, success leaves clues, uh, clues Tony Robbins, you'll be able to get to wherever you want in life and having the right target and shooting for that is important obviously as well. You can't not worry, know where you want to end up, but it's always, it's never the end goal as you know, because if you're enjoying the process, you're enjoying life, you understand that it's not going to be easy. Hiking a mountain is not easy. When I hiked that 14er, Death was staring me in the face the entire time. I realized that for the first time when I was out there, I was like, man, mother nature could crush me right now. And we were talking about Mount Washington earlier. The day that I hiked Mount Washington, I had a near death experience. However, somebody that day, I ended up reading an article a couple of days later, somebody died and you're very being in Massachusetts. I know you're familiar with, uh, Mount Washington and it, it's a very treacherous mountain. It's not a big mountain. Physically, it is demanding, but not super crazy. But weather changes can happen on a dime. And that just, I don't know, I'm kind of going on a tangent right now. I don't know where my where the end of this uh, story is going, but circling back to what you had said about becoming, you know, real estate owner, business owner, owning businesses, like start where you're at, work to where you, the next level, like think of it as a video game, level one, there's a level one boss, focus on that level, beat that boss. Now you're on level two, totally different level, totally different boss, much harder boss. Once you hit boss number eight, nine, 10, you look back at boss number one, you're like, man, that, that was a walk in the park compared to boss number 10. Boss number 10 has 12 heads and 15 arms and eight weapons, you know, like, um, but that's, that's part of the joy of life. Like, the challenge, the excitement, the adventure. And once you start looking at life like that, man, it, it can be really exciting because you had mentioned in your article about not getting 
when life hits you, don't get reactive, don't get, take it personal. And that is really just a higher level of consciousness, being aware, not getting stuck in the minutia, so to speak, of the situation of reaction, emotion. And once you reach level, higher levels of consciousness and awareness, man, that by itself is a huge game changer. Yeah. And that's, and those are human nature is we all are going to react. Uh, it's just, it's how it's the tools in which we surround ourselves in order to make better decisions. Cause there's, I'm nowhere near perfect. I, it, when I was explaining on it, you're allowed to have a pity party. So that was my reaction, right? Bad thing happened. You know, woe is me. And then it's like, okay, well now woe is me is over. Now we have to make a decision. So it's, and this has just been an evolution of how long you stay down, right? It's like, that's why we all love the Rocky movies. It's because every time he gets hit, he gets back up. Like, he's he's not even a really good boxer. He's like the Poor average actor. pro that's trying to take on the world, but he just never gets, he never stays down. And that's, in my opinion, what, you know, life or entrepreneurship, if we're going to build it down to business, is, is really about... Um, because things happen consistently, and then the the bigger your goals, the more likely those things are going to happen. The more likely you're going to face bigger challenges. But if you want big goals and big challenges, and really big odds are going to be, you know, not necessarily on your side. Um, so having the ability to be self-aware is really what I've learned. If anything. Over, you know, since I was 24 years old and I went on this development journey at 21, it's, it's being self-aware. It's, okay, Zach, you're going into a pattern now, right? There was a pattern that was created when you were younger that was bad thing happens, complain about it, you know, um, and then my next reaction would be not to talk to anyone, go into a hole, and then eventually I'd get enough, uh, you know, I'd be in there long enough where eventually I'd figure it out. But now it's, okay, Zach, you're in the pattern. How do we break the pattern? And then eventually you, you start making that pattern shorter and shorter and shorter. And then that's when you see the really good entrepreneurs out there is because they're getting hit and their pattern is only 15 minutes before they, need, before they can get themselves back out of it and make a better decision. Not the hour, not the three days. And that's something that has been an evolution for me. Yeah, it's, it's really tough because I call it like the zombie state. Because you... A lot of times you're not even aware because that's what you've known for so long. But like you said, sometimes people hold on to it for days, weeks, months, even years, certain things. But once you're able to, like you said, be self-aware, the first step in changing your brain, changing your neural circuits is you have to be self-aware of what you want to change, what you don't want to have happen over and over and over again. And once you become self-aware, now that subconscious goes to the conscious and that's when you can start making changes in your life and I love how you said that it's a continual process you're still working on it shoot you're a CEO of a very successful real estate and education company you're a best sell multiple best-selling author but you're continually working continually growing because that's how life works billionaires are still working on themselves they're still pushing themselves, but they've chose a lifestyle of improvement. And the great thing about your journey and other people's journey where they're self-improving, the cool thing is once you start working on yourself, now you start 
looking outward more. And that's where the contribution side comes in because I know your company does a whole heck of a lot to help other people. Like you, you hadn't mentioned this yet, but you give your real estate books away for free. I've, Hey, I, I got copies of them months ago and I went through them and what you guys teach for free, the strategies, the tools for real estate. I've been in real estate myself for 10 years. What you guys teach is gold and you just give it away for free because I know you guys understand that it's not about you. It's not about the tools. Like tools are important, but that's just the vehicle. You have to have the right mindset. And I know you guys do a lot of mindset work in your teachings as well. Is that a big, I'm assuming, but I have to ask the question, a big part of your mission is just to, it seems like, share your story, connect, communicate with people, relate to people so that they can be better versions of themselves? Uh, well, that's a good question, Ace. Um, a couple of things. I, I like to, I would say our company kind of operates from like a Zig Ziglar perspective, which is like you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Um, but I think I think we're at a stage now where, yeah, I mean, me and you know my partner and stuff, we like to share our stories, but now it's about sharing the stories of the next layer of people. Like our, we have some amazing coaches that have come from absolute zero real estate experience and now are teaching and helping people do real estate deals across the country. Uh, so I like to share their story consistently because um, I'm I'm here to to really focus on how do I help grow this community of real estate investors across the country in order to build a bigger network, big stronger network, in order to get more and more resources to our current students to do more real estate deals across the board. Uh, so sharing my story, yeah, but uh, I think it's about sharing the 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 success of our students is is most important at this stage. And that is definitely a true superhero, being selfless and taking yourself out of the limelight, the spotlight to highlight other people. That is a huge actual, uh, I'm a big John Maxwell fan and his leadership principles. And that is a huge thing that John Maxwell always preaches as well. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a testament to, like I said earlier, who you are and the journey that you're on. I have always seen Ace, the, the biggest growth, the biggest growth in my life happens with two things are happening. Number one is I'm focused internally on myself in order to personally grow and develop. Um, if you, the, the work changes when you develop yourself, um, that, that has been a lesson that I've learned. And the, the reason why I say that is we could all have the same W2 job, but the person that works on their personal development and their skill sets and the systems that they're surrounded by will get work done a lot more quickly, more efficiently, and get better results. Um, so when I focus on my internal workings consistently on development, I get the biggest results. The second piece is, I've always got the fastest exponential growth when I've had a coach or a mentor that is at least five to 10 years ahead of where I'm at because they make and simplify things for me in order to get that cheat code. It's the, it's the, it, it was, we've had an interesting conversation and uh, I have a mentor of mine that, that brought this up one time and he said, in school we are punished for asking or collaborating with people in order to get better results and better grades. 
But as soon as you become a working professional or a business owner, it is like the number one thing you have to do is collaboration or getting a mentor to give you the answers so you can implement those answers more quickly and to get results uh, better and faster. Um, so those, if I have those two things at all times, uh, in every specific piece of my life, which, you know, you got to kind of measure at that point, but especially in business, if I have those two things that I'm focused on and have somebody help me accountable, then I always have the biggest results fastest. I can tell you, it's not always the easiest though. Uh, it's always an ego check, right? Anytime we're in a position where we consistently are up leveling, we believe that we kind of got it. And then somebody tells you something different. And although it may be a different perspective, uh, or they're telling you to provide something or hold you accountable, all of a sudden it's an ego thing and it becomes hard. But then as soon as we, you know, depress the ego and then say, Hey, I'm, I'm open to the process. I always see a breakthrough and bigger result. Yeah. It is so important to stay humble, especially like you said, as you're leveling up, because once you start tasting success, you start seeing things, it almost seems like magic at times that things are happening. And like you said, the ego can come in and it can come in strong. And then, yeah, I've, I've been humbled growing, a few times. Yeah. Ace, because when you're growing, right, when, when you're growing up leveling, then you have people that are looking up to you to ask you for questions. And then, but you still need to be humble enough to say, yeah, I'm at this level and here's how I can provide support, but I need to reach up consistently to have the next person provide me support so I can move up. Um, if you actually look at every major, there's actually a great book. It's called The Trillion Dollar Coach. Uh, so, um, and I forget the exact guy's name who they spoke about, but he was the coach and uh, basically mentor for all of the major tech companies uh, like Google and all of those. So think about how big of the companies those are and the CEOs are asking this guy for help consistently. Um, and then that was, when I read that book, it became a very big um, humbling experience to say, like, I'm not even anywhere near where those guys are and you can't ever think you know everything. Uh, so it's a, a, it's a mind perspective or a mindset change that, uh, forever will you know be with exactly and you said it definitely changing mindset reworking those uh those old circuits and wiring new ones all right we're gonna jump real quick into a couple superhero questions your name is zach beach during the day but at night or whenever it could be do you have currently a superhero name and if you don't what would your superhero name be? I, I don't have a superhero name. Um, I I don't know what it would be. I mean, I, I think I think it's dad. Uh, I, hey, that is... <laughs> your kids, I know, look up to you as a superhero. And we haven't jumped much into your family, but I know you're very passionate about your family and your family life. So I know Zach, dad, beach... Yep. Would be very suiting for your superhero name. I'll take it. What are a couple super powers that you possess? Yeah, my, I, I always ask this question to my wife. She's been uh, my best friend first, and then we started dating in middle school. So I've known her for like my entire life. She's been through every up and down you could possibly think of in my life so far. So I always use her as a sounding board. 
And the number one thing I always ask her is like, what am I good at? Like, what, what should I be focusing on? Like, what's the, if I could, if I could delegate everything else, what should I, what should everyone be doing? And she always tells me, Zach, you can look at a business in 30 seconds and be able to dissect it, pull it apart, and then create a game plan in order to help it grow. So I would say that'd be a superhero, like on the strategy session on my head. You have x-ray vision for, for businesses. You can see the inner workings immediately and know what you need to do to, to remedy the situation and cause it to, to heal and grow. Yeah, I think you um, nailed it with some of the ways. I, I know I've never even heard anybody look at my LinkedIn article. So I appreciate that, Ace. But I like to break things down into simple formulas. Um, and I, I think when it comes to business, there's really you know only a certain amount of moving parts. And if we can just isolate the challenging part in that business, focus on that for a period of time, then the, everything else will kind of grow around it. That's incredible, man. Like a surgeon, a business surgeon. surgeon right. Yeah, there you go. Who are your some of your superheroes? Doesn't have to be Marvel or anything like that. Like real, it can definitely be real life superheroes as well. Who who are the people you look up to? Yeah, I, a lot of my a lot of my mentors I found in books. I would say, so Bob Proctor was a great one. Um, I'm a big fan of Steve Schwarzman. I think he's he's done some amazing stuff with uh, Blackstone and and how he kind of crawled himself out of the investment banking world and then took on, became a major, you know, asset holder with real estate and businesses. I always looked up to that. I know, um, they got this, um, I have these pictures in my office and uh, it doesn't matter how you think of them. Uh, but John D Rockefeller was, is, uh, his building, uh, is on my wall. And so isn't JP Morgan's, you know, wall street. Uh, so I think it's, I've always found mentors in history books. I'm a big history buff. Um, so people like those original um, original business people inside the United States, like Carnegie and Rockefeller and JP Morgan, I think I've always looked up to them with aspiration. Um, sure, they do things a lot differently in today's age uh, when it comes to how they ran their businesses. But to think about how they've been able, how they're able to grow and mass those much fortunes with the day and age that they lived in, it just blows my mind. It's like if you needed to, if you need, if JP Morgan needed to contact another one of his branches in Europe, he'd have to send a letter that would then be on a steamboat that then eventually would reach there. It just it blows my mind in in on how they were able to grow it and grow it so fast. So uh, all of those guys, I would say, would be uh, mentors or superheroes of mine. I love that. I'm a big. I wouldn't say history buff, but I am a big reader when it comes to biographies. I just can't get enough of them. I love reading about people and their lives and what they accomplished. And I find for me, if I find myself limited by my own creativity, like thinking, okay, what do I want in my life? Well, it'd be great to have a million dollars. Well, if you read about somebody like Rockefeller and what he was able to accomplish, or the Hearst family, things like that, you realize, man, I am playing life too small. I am thinking too small. Like, And I'm not just talking about money. If, if you want to travel the world and expand your mind, read about world travelers. I, I remember reading Bear Grylls' autobiography, and that's kind of what got the bug in my brain to hike mountains. Now, he did Everest, but at the same time, hearing his story of him hiking that 
and making it to the top really inspired me. Bear Grylls is a, a personal hero of mine. Uh, we didn't talk much about outdoors. I know you like outdoors and all of that as well as I do. But what I'm getting at is read about and learn about and get mentors. They don't, you don't have to know them personally. Get mentors who inspire you for whatever you want. If you want to become a chef, read a, a biography of, about a chef. I don't know. Like, really? I couldn't agree more, especially in today's day and age. There's too much information for you to be locked in a box. Um, I can literally go on Audible right now and anything that I desire to learn about or to be inspired by is in there. Yeah, uh, I'm going to definitely go look up the autobiography on Bear Grylls. That sounds awesome. Um, and that's and it. If you're listening to this and you're not from an area or are surrounded by a group of people that do the things that we're talking about, so you just got to, you got to step outside of that group because I wasn't, I mean, I didn't read a book until I think I was like 21 years old. Meaning like, unless you're oh, wow. forced, like, yeah. unless there are forced readings for like summer readings, which means that I read like the first 30 pages and the last 30 pages of the book. Um, but it wasn't until I was, you know, inspired to, uh, to be able to learn what I wanted to learn. And then eventually it just happened to be business that, you know, reminds me of sports. That's why I got really into that. But the whole entire world of, of learning how to think bigger, uh, it all comes from realizing that everybody that has accomplished something massive is starting in the exact same spot that you are in right now. And they just took, you know, baby steps and eventually everybody sees the end result, right? It's always like the overnight success, right? but nobody saw. That's why I like audibles, like you're saying, or I like to watch movies about people's journeys like the inspiring journeys of people because you don't realize like the times in which they were absolutely crushed, but they got back up again and they operate out of hope versus out of fear. And then they eventually one day became an overnight success. Yeah. Yeah. I can't agree with you more. Those, yeah, it not only inspires you, but it motivates you and gets you going. Yeah. You had mentioned motivation, but aspiration is the word you used earlier. It aspires you to live your life fully, to, to do what you were meant to do, what you were born with. And not only finding the people that um, inspire you, but like we said, there's a lot of information out there. A lot of people just get stuck because it's like sensory overload. A previous guest once said on the show, he only follows like two people. It was Tim Ferriss and somebody else. And he's like, I align with their values and I just focus on them. Because like you said, whether it's Bob Proctor, Zig Ziglar, I do love Zig Ziglar. Lots of one-liners with Zig Ziglar. If people haven't listened to him, he is amazing, amazing. He'd make a, he'd make a good comedian today too, I think. for I guess for guys like us, <laughs> it'd be comedy for us. Um but yeah, find something that aligns with you and your values. And it's really easy. Does it move you? Can you feel it in your gut? Can you feel it in your heart? Not your brain. The brain is to figure out and implement a strategy. Everybody has those. But it, find a person that aligns with your values that, that you can relate to in your heart and in your gut. Focus on them. Learn about them. Be inspired. Like you said, find a coach. Develop yourself. And really 
if you focus on that every day, you're going to, and probably sooner rather than later, you're going to start making some pretty massive changes. So I appreciate you sharing all of that. So for the people listening, how can they get a hold of you? How can they learn more about your services and, and uh, what you guys provide? Yeah, thanks for asking, Ace. Um, so I want to make sure all the listeners here uh, that choose to want to dive into our uh, first Amazon bestselling book, Real Estate On Your Terms, get it absolutely for free. We actually send you out a package with some other uh, good gifts in there. The actual physical copies, you just go to wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash superhero. That's wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash superhero. Um, do that. And also, um, while you're listening and waiting for your package, uh, go ahead onto our website. There's plenty of uh, information there as well at smartrealestatecoach.com. Perfect. And also be sure to check out his Instagram. There's tons of good videos. Um, TikTok as well at Zachary Beach Official. And check out his LinkedIn. I had mentioned the articles several times. They are just wonderful, easy to digest, very powerful. And I know I haven't read any of your books yet fully, but I know if it's anything like your articles, they're going to be just tons of information for people interested in getting and developing their real estate skills. Absolutely. Well, man, it was an honor and a privilege having you on. I really appreciate everything you have to offer. I really appreciate you being so vulnerable too. That uh, it's not an easy thing to do. I know you said before the show started, you're a very transparent person, but I just appreciate you opening up because I'm, I know there's listeners out there that can relate to what you've gone through your story. And I know by sharing that it's going to inspire them to, to be better versions of themselves and to take their lives by, by the, by the horns, take the bull by the horns, so to speak. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on ACE. Um, and uh, it's been a great time. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you again for those who, who are listening. Superhero by Design. You can check out the website, superherobydesign.com. I also have a book aptly named Superhero by Design. You can find it on Amazon. And literally, you can completely transform your life like I did in as little as 100 days. Follow me on Instagram at Ace Haggerty. Haggerty is spelled H-A-G-E-R-T-Y. And remember... With great power, there must also come great responsibility. And like that, he's gone. Case out.